guys, welcome back to Wayward Fans, a supernatural podcast. I am Shannon. And I'm Leanna. Today we're going to talk about Tall Tales and Roadkill, the 15th and 16th episode of season two. Very exciting stuff. <laughs> Moving right along. <laughs> I have to warn everybody, I have a cough, so you might be hearing me cough and my voice is going to sound weird. Okay. Thanks for the heads up. <laughs> sure. So, okay, so Tall Tales, it was directed by Bradford May <coughs> and written by John Shaban. Shaban. Are we going to do that every time you say his name? Yep. Okay. Just, Just in case sure. one of them's right. You're right. Or maybe neither of them are right. Exactly. What if it's Shaban? You're thinking That's that, true. did you? Or yeah. Shaban. It could be so many different things. Or the bee's silent. <laughs> <laughs> I could do this for all, for all night. Shai, I could do this. Shai, John Shaheen. 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 <laughs> Anyways, oh <laughs> so Tall Tales. Uh, we start <laughs> at night outside a university. There's a pretty girl standing next to some steps. What exactly is she doing? Is she like tying her shoe or something? It looks something? like she's fixing the shoe. Right, but she's wearing heels. Right. Um, <laughs> exactly. And uh, a professor approaches her and asks her if she's lost, which I thought was funny. <laughs> And she's like, no, I was waiting for you. And so he leads her into his office thinking she's one of his students. Um, and we cut to the office. And I love this because she's looking at his book, uh-huh. which is called Modern Morality. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> and so then we realize that she's really there to try to get in his pants. Because that hussy. happens all the time, right? <laughs> Um, and of course it totally works because as my notes say, men are far too easily manipulated. Uh, so he makes some little remark about how he couldn't do this because he respects her too much. (laughs) That line. I know. Oh Oh my God. Then he kisses her and then he sees that she's this huge, disgusting monster and she's like, she's like decaying. Right. Yeah. I'm sorry, you guys, my cat's ripping apart my mattress right now. Anyway, so then we cut outside, and there's a janitor locking up and heading out for the night. And as he's walking down the steps, we see a giant body fall behind him, and we hear this disgusting thud. And then, supernatural. Yeah. I got really excited because I forgot we got to meet uh, this character so early on. Oh, did you really? He's one of my favorites. I love him. He is absolutely awesome. Yes, I fucking, he really is. And all of his episodes are like my some of my some favorites. of my favorites. Oh yeah, absolutely. Which is funny because the um, the narrative device of this episode mm-hmm. is the same exact um, device that they use in the episode Bad Blood of X Files. Where, you know, Scully and Mulder are each telling somebody the story and it's each oh, different ways. Oh, okay. And John Chaban co-produced that episode. Did he really? Yeah. That's the one with Luke Wilson in it? Yes. I love that episode. Is, that is my favorite X-Files <laughs> That's episode. That's a great episode. Ever. That's a great. I just love the difference. It's the also. The different ways they like depict the yes. sheriff. I know. It's so. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Oh my God. I love it. That's also <clears throat> Julianne Anderson's favorite episode. Oh, is it really? Which makes sense because it must have been so much fun to yeah, do that. It's a great episode. But anyway, I thought I just. I love this Supernatural episode so much. I know. I think we all do. <laughs> I love it. I think I just really like this type of narrative device where you get to see 
what the other person thinks of that character. Right. And you get to see both sides of it. Because yeah. it's usually very funny. And, well, it's very <laughs> exaggerated. Oh, yeah. The way they Absolutely. interpret. Like, and then I think I like this one so much, too, because it's one of the first times that we really get to see Sam and Dean, like, behaving like siblings. Oh, yeah, And, like, just being really testy with each other and exactly. snarky with each other. And, exactly. like, yeah. So it's. It's yeah, it's more, episode. they're not really fighting like they normally fight. They're right. fighting like two 12-year-old brothers fight. Would fight. Exactly. Yeah. Like the way I fight with my sisters right. sometimes. Yeah. And we're like in our 30s. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, then me, it, after the title card, it goes to the brothers in a hotel room. And Dean is eating, I think, onion rings? Or some kind of greasy fries. I thought they were like super, chili fries. Super greasy yeah. something. In Sam's bed. <laughs> and Sam's at the table with a bunch of books reading. Right. And he's really mad that Dean is eating in his bed. And <laughs> and I mean, from the minute they cut to the motel, you're like, I think they've been fighting. <laughs> yes. You can just tell they're yeah. in a really bad mood. There's a lot of tension in the exactly. air. Exactly. They're super mad at each other. And <clears throat> Dean's like, you know, quipping at Sam, like, how's the research going? And... <laughs> Sam's like, fuck you. It's fucking slow. <laughs> yeah, like, it'd be better with my computer, you know, insinuating that Dean had something Obviously to do Obviously something with happened it. to his right. computer and Dean is involved in some way. And uh, it seems like they're going to get into it again, but then Bobby shows up. Yes. Saves the day. <laughs> what um, I like about that, though, is that's when... <laughs> Angry Sam is fucking hilarious. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think the character Sam gets a lot of credit for being funny because Dean's, like, really funny. Right. But, like, Angry Sam is so funny. If you're ever watching an episode where he's pissed off, just watch his face the whole time. (laughs) It is hilarious. And, like, that's what this whole scene is, is watching Dean just egg him on and he just gets more angry and more angry. this episode is him with that face. Right. Um... And it's hilarious. It is. But, uh, so Bobby shows up and he's like, okay, well, what can you guys tell me over the phone? Tell me what's up. And so we break into the narrative device of the boys just jumping into the story. And it's not apparent just yet, but one, you know, one is telling one side and the other tells the different version of it. But so we get that they're reporters from a local paper and they go to, uh, they're, they're at the bar, you know, Right, interviewing like kids and stuff around, trying to get like the story or whatever. And Dean is just taking like three shots just back to boom, back. Boom, boom. <laughs> and Sam's like, "What are you doing?" And he makes and, the greatest little burp. Like, yeah, he this was the last one. These purple nurples, I think they're called. <laughs> and uh, oh my god, Sam's like, "What the fuck are you? We're, what?" And he's like, "Hang, hang on, Starla. I'm working on Starla." Uh, and uh. <laughs> What does she say? What does she say? Or he's, he, he says, says he's working on Starla and... That he says like, a, he had the feisty little wildcat. Right, right. right. Yeah. <laughs> he's got a feisty little wildcat on the hook and he's about to reel her in. Right, right. Yeah. And he's like, and she has a sister. <laughs> and it's just this like platinum blonde kind of like trashy looking lady. Real, like really short denim skirt. Right. Like fucking fishnets. And, and then all of a sudden it like freezes. Well, I just love how she's all enchanté. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But I love it. It freezes and then it just goes to the guys and Dean's like, that is not, that wasn't her name. And it was she, a starlet. Sam's like, what is her name? And he's like, well, I don't know, but she was a classy lady. <laughs> oh, my God. And this is, like, one of the best parts ever. So then it goes 
<laughs> Back to Dean's the same version. scene, but it's Dean's version. And Dean, this chick is just like, oh, you're so handsome and blah, blah. You know, just giving, giving Dean the Saying business. Saying the most ridiculous thing. And Sam comes up and he goes, Dean. What do you think you are doing? <laughs> like the most gay, high-pitched voice. Oh my god, it was brilliant. With just this snarky little face. And his coat like yeah. slung over his shoulder with the one finger hook through it. Just, what do you think you're doing? And then he just starts talking at Dean and it, it eventually turns into blah, 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 blah. blah. <laughs> And then it cuts back to the guys, and Sam's like, I don't sound like that. <laughs> well, you sound like that to me. <laughs> oh, my God. I just love when they do the actual freeze frame before they cut back the look on Sam's face. Yeah. It is fucking priceless. <laughs> the freeze frame in a lot of these were perfect. Yes. I oh, just love yeah. the freeze frame through the whole, yeah, yeah, yeah. Through the whole episode. They really nail it. Um. So then we end up back. In front of the university, right? Right, because they find out that 30 years ago, there was some girl who had an affair with a professor. The professor cut it off, and so the girl jumped from that very same window, committing suicide. And it was from room 669, because if you turn the 9 upside down, you know what that number is, right? (laughs) Oh, Um, my God. So... Oh, but so right after that freeze frame and, and Dean's like, or Sam's like, that's not what I sound like, whatever. And Bobby's like, what is with you What's two? With you guys, yeah. And Sam's like, oh, nothing. We've just been in the car together all day, whatever. Um, And they brush it off. So the story continues and they decided to go check out the scene of the crime. And they meet up with the janitor. I wrote Dean's fucking full face. Oh, the chipmunk face. LOL. So they meet up with the <laughs> So they meet up with the janitor who takes them to the office where right. the dude fell out the window. Um I think it's Sam who whips out the EMF readers all oh just looking for wires in the wall. Right. And then we cut to Dean and there's like a bowl of I think it's like right, nuts or right, something. Right, right. And he's just shoving his And there's like four of them and he's <laughs> like, I had one, one or two, two. maybe. And through the whole scene, he just keeps putting more yeah. in his mouth. Like, by the end of it, I'm like, how the fuck did he do that? Because his cheeks are huge. Yes, yes. I almost <clears throat> I was like, why did I write that? Yeah, yeah. And so I think it's great because the uh, janitor is very into telling the whole story about what happened with these right. two people. Um But I think he also, like, targets them or, like, pegs them immediately when he sees the EMF reader. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Which I love, because come on, guys. Right. <laughs> uh, the janitor tells them about all the other women who used to go up there and that the professor got more ass than a toilet seat, which, <laughs> which Dean, Dean was, really liked. Yeah. <laughs> they also find out it's only a four-story building, so it couldn't have been room 669. It doesn't exist. Um, and then we go back to the boys. And this is when we find out what happened to the computer. Because Dean comes in and Sam's like, what the hell? Were you on my computer, man? And Dean's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, it's frozen on bustyasianbeauties.com. <laughs> which used to go to the Warner Brothers website, but it doesn't go oh, anywhere. Oh, it doesn't now. go anywhere. That's a drag. But, um, and Dean's like. He just kind of shrugs him. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> and goes in the other room. 
Like, it's a possibility that he did something, but right. he doesn't... But he doesn't ever, like, say he didn't, he didn't or... Right. And Sam's like, just don't touch my stuff. Right. So, they find out that the... They tell Bobby that the, the building's clean. There's no history. So, they're not really sure at this point. But then the next part gets really weird, even for them. <laughs> and they find out that Curtis, the jock kid, got abducted by an alien... This is one of my favorite parts of Supernatural in general. <laughs> this part is amazing. <laughs> so Bobby's like, no, that's bullshit. And they're like, yeah, that's what we thought. But this here's the story. And so they tell him what Curtis said about being uh, abducted and he had tests on him and he was probed and probed and again and again. <laughs> And, and one you more could time. just watch Sam and Dean. And, and Sam just is trying, trying so, so hard, hard not to laugh. Not, he's just... <laughs> oh, it's really great. Um, then like, he then tells him he, it got worse. And Dean is like, how does it get worse? You were made of... An alien made you its bitch. Which I was like, yeah, how, what's what going to be worse? And he's like, they made me slow dance. <laughs> He's just slow dancing with a the fucking disco. alien. And there's the disco ball, like Lady in Red. Yes. Like, and the alien um, is like three feet tall yeah. <laughs> with his arms around his waist. Oh my god. Priceless. Oh god. That was just beautiful. So, Bobby is so like, so the jock is crazy. Like, right. what the fuck? And they're like, yeah, but then... So then they find, you know, the large burnt area in the grass field. Which Sam says is can only be left by a jet engine. Right. How the fuck does he know that? <laughs> I don't know. But apparently that's it. That's all that can do it. And <laughs> this is my favorite part. So they're talking to one of the jocks, like, acquaintances or whatever. He's in the same frat house as them. And... Sam does the thing that Sam does the best, which is like the whispering, comforting thing. But it is greatly exaggerated. Like, so over And the he's t- like, I'm here for you, you brave little soldier. I acknowledge your pain. <laughs> then he hugs him and he smooshes cheeks with him. And he's like, you're too precious for this world. <laughs> which has become some really great memes. Oh, my God. Yes. But holy shit. I was just dying yeah. of laughter watching yeah. this because I completely forgot about <laughs> these moments. Yeah. Because I haven't seen I haven't this seen episode in so forever. Long. And I was just, yeah. oh my God, this is so great. Yeah. I was just crying with I laughter. Was, yeah, I was too for the second time around because it was the whole time I was like, oh my God, the slow dancing alien. How did I forget about yes, that? Right. Like, yeah. <clears throat> and it goes back to the guys and Sam's like, I never said that. And he's like, you say panty <laughs> like all the time. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. Bobby, you can tell, looks concerned again. He's like, there's what something going, going on, on with, with you guys. guys. Yeah. Um, but he doesn't say anything. And they continue on. Uh, and that's when we go back to the motel and we find out that Sam's laptop is just gone. Right. Um, and <clears throat> Dean has made the connection that the victims have been dicks right (laughs) i guess is the connection and sam's like what the fuck kind of connection is that he's like do you have a better idea right (laughs) which makes it funny for the next victim when he's like see dick (laughs) but um so 
Dean gets, or Sam finds out the laptop is missing. Sam gets really mad. They start yelling. And he, he starts yelling about all his stuff, his dirty socks and his food. And he's yeah. like, what's wrong with my food? It's <laughs> like, it's it's one of Darwinism. My <laughs> it's not food anymore, Dean. It's Darwinism. <laughs> so uh, Bobby's like, okay, hey, what? <laughs> like, what's next? What's going right, on? What happened in the actual, like, case? Because <laughs> they just It's really telling. funny that they're telling Bobby, Bobby about, like, all about the their fighting. fighting. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um. So the next victim is a research scientist who studies on animals. And she's like, see, a dick. <laughs> so it fits the pattern. The scientist sees a gold watch in the drain, tries to go for it, gets attacked. Boys break into the morgue to find out the cause of death because the police won't report on anything. They don't get a whole body, but they just get the parts of it. And while they're looking, while Sam is like, up in it, he sees something and gets a magnifying glass and sees that it's a belly scale. Oh. I'm like, how you the know fuck what the did fuck you a know belly that? scale is? From an alligator, specifically. Yes, specifically. One thing that um, I liked about this scene is that they were actually, like, kind of grossed out by the remains. Right. Because a lot of shows, like, especially, like, the leads are not, like, grossed out by that kind of stuff. It's kind of just um, assumed that they're okay with it. But, like, right. in this show, it starts out, a lot of the times they're like, oh, this is gross. And then right. as the show goes along, it, st- it starts being more... Yeah. it Like, their nerves are dead into it. Exactly. They don't care anymore. Right. So I was happy to see that they did that. Cause, right. So ugh. we don't see that anymore. Yeah. No. <laughs> They've seen some gross shit. So they decide to search the sewer. They don't find anything, but when Dean comes out to his car, the air has been let out of his tires, and Sam's money clip is laying right next to it. So Dean shows up, and I thought he would be, like, a lot more pissed off, you know? Like, he didn't get as mad as Sam got about his computer. Right. Which is crazy because it's Well, I think it's because he had all of Sam's money. True. (laughs) But yeah, he so he shows back up and he he yells at Sam about don't let and it's like it's not that he was like you son of a bitch I can't believe that you did this he said you can't do this because it'll bend the rim right like okay (laughs) but aren't you just mad he did it in general should I when I do it regularly should I not let let as much air out or like is this a normal thing that Sam has done (laughs) um but anyways so then they. That's when they fight like brothers on the bed, like I physically fight. Love that scene. And they're and, and she's, get off me, man! I just love <laughs> Sam. Give me back my money. <laughs> and they're laying on the bed, just like oh my god, priceless. It is so great. I could watch that scene over and over again. Cute. Yeah. And that is when that and they tell Bobby it's like that was like five minutes ago. Right. And Bobby's like, well, if you guys weren't fucking dumbasses, right. you could tell. What it was, it's blatantly obvious. And they're, and they're like, like, no, I, I got, got nothing. nothing. <laughs> and it was really funny because then when Bobby tells him it's a trickster, Dean snaps <laughs> and he's like, that's, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. And Sam, like, in the actual, I said high pitch earlier, but this was high pitch. He's like, no, you didn't. <laughs> I just died. I was like, whoa. Oh, my you, God. We're still fighting here. <laughs> Did you hear what you just said? Like, how you said it? Holy shit. You must have been grabbing your balls for that one. That was high. But anyway. So, 
he tell you know, Bobby explains, like, the dudes got you at each other's throats. That's what he they does. They never even realized what was going on. Yeah. Right. He, you're, he knows you're on to them. Right. Him, so. And so he's fucking with you. And they're like, okay, well, what is it? How do we get in? He's like, oh, it's just a demigod. No, that's and I was all. like, a what? Right. Oh. I mean, I already knew, obviously, but still, it's just like... No, well, the first time I watched it, he's like, well, they're more like demigods. I was like, well, fuck that. What right. What are you going to do? Even watching it this time, it's like, and? Right. Okay. <laughs> like, why are you saying this so nonchalantly? Right. Like, it's just another spirit or something. Right. No, this is a demigod. <laughs> so, but uh. apparently Bobby has a plan uh, on how, and you know, or knows how to kill him. Not that they talk about it in the episode. Right. But, which is funny. I'll bring it up in a minute, but. We'll get to there. Um, but Bobby basically explains it targets the high and mighty um, with really dangerous and deadly pranks. And Dean is like, who's been on Ground Zero the whole time? And he looks at Sam and they just instantly know it's the janitor. The janitor. Yep. So this part's really funny when they're talking to him and he's talking about how he had like a crazy night and then he turns around and he's like lots of sex if you catch my dress <laughs> Dean's like yeah we got it yeah thanks thanks um so Sam pretends he forgot something and he leaves and he goes through the janitor stuff he finds the weekly world news that he was getting the stories from the guy the brothers fight outside and the janitor watches Dean stays while Sam runs off back to the motel, I guess. I love the fight that they have. Yeah. Sam just really nails it with the (laughs) totally, like, exasperated with Dean, like, thing. It makes it very genuine, which I'm sure it is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I I don't think there had to be much acting for the brothers to (laughs) pretend to to fight that off. So... Dean waits till it gets dark, and then he's like, screw this, and he goes inside to to fight the trickster alone. And the first time you're watching it, you're like, what are you doing? Right. Like, well, Dean, why can't you ever just wait there? We know this is a bad idea. Wait there, right. Both of them do it, and you're just like, why do you guys have to do this every time? Just wait for the other one to show up. But anyways, he goes inside, he can't find anything, and then he hears somebody talking, and it's very white (laughs) talking. Can't get enough of your love, babe. (laughs) And there's just two hotties on a bed, like a sexy bed. In like an auditorium. They're up on stage. Right. It's like a, a classroom. Right. Yeah. And, and I'm like, why is there an alphabet going across the top right. of the chalkboard? Isn't this college? Right. I'm like, are we, <laughs> like, what exactly is this class study? Is this a like, class to teach how to teach first grade? Right. Or yeah. So I just was like, what's the deal with the alphabet? Yeah. Exactly. They were like, we need a classroom. Here's a classroom board. It's But it's right. for college. This is all we got. Right. All right, fine. <laughs> Can we erase it? No. <laughs> so I love Dean in this moment where he's just having a really, really hard, hard time, <laughs> like, passing out the offer. And he's just like, oh, you're not real. I love it. He's like, you're not real. <laughs> and then when they go, what we what we need you will feel real. And he just, <laughs> just <laughs> I fucking love that part. I love it. It's like my favorite moment. Yeah. Just. He wants to so badly. He wants it. And he's like, he he turns him down, which was surprising. I was was proud of Dean. I was like, good Dean. You were able to walk away. Um, So he turns around and the trickster's there. And the trickster is basically telling him that the girls are a peace offering. He really likes Sam and Dean and. He just wants to like. He wants Dean to have a good old time with the well, girls, he so he leaves. Away. Right. Yeah. No big deal. Mm-hmm. 
And, uh... Dean, he likes the trickster. He does. He does. But he's like, I... I you that's know I great, but I can't go. let you yeah. do that. I can't yeah. let you keep killing people. That's just... <clears throat> oh, sorry. So, do you want to take this time to talk about the trickster? Or do you want to keep going? Um, let's do that the at scene? the end. Okay. Yeah, let's do that at the end. So, okay, so... And so the trickster's whole thing is that he's killing people who are dicks. Right. You know, kind of like Dean's whole thing. And he has a line here that I had to look up to understand when he says hoisted by their own petards. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> and I was like, what the fuck is a petard? Like, <laughs> Did you know what one was? No, I've heard that saying <clears throat> before, but I never knew what it See, meant. I've never even heard that before. So um, I looked it up. A petard is like a small bomb that they use to like knock down doors or like put a hole in a wall. Um and they're known because they make this really quick, sharp pop when they explode. Hmm. Um, and so I'm like, okay, that still doesn't really... So I looked at the origin of the word. It's from the French Peter, which translates to break wind. <laughs> so, <laughs> they're, so they're ho- hoisted, hoisted up by their, their own farts. Part. Yeah, okay. pretty much. Which... Brings a whole new image to what he's saying, which is fucking hilarious. Yeah, yeah. And the French love potty humor, so that just makes it even more appropriate. Right, right. So, yeah, I really liked learning that. So the trickster thinks he has Dean, but Dean's like, oh, I didn't come alone. Right. That, you're right. I agree with you. That, that would be a terrible idea. Right. And you're like, oh, cool. And Sam and Bobby walk in and you're you like, you did it. Yes. So they walk in with these two huge stakes. What is on the end of the stakes? Okay. Well, I'll tell you now. Okay. So this episode got its own very special article in the weeklyworldnews.com. Not the paper, but Really? Online. Funny thing is, in the article, it explains how to kill a trickster, but it does not do that in the episode. And it's the blood of one of their victims on a wooden stake. Oh, okay. It would have been nice to know that during the episode. Yeah. Because I'm like, I think that's blood, but like, whose blood is it? And why is it still wet? Right. <laughs> like, I don't understand. I was, I was, I was the same way. I'm like, what did... What are those? Right. Like, why haven't, why didn't you guys tell us? Like, I know. That's weird. And I was like, okay, well, maybe they'll tell us afterwards. Maybe Bobby will be like, and then that's why, blah, blah, blah. Right. But, but they never do. And then the episode ended and I was like, really? What the fuck? Like, I know. I mean, I knew what it was from watching it because they actually, if I'm remembering correctly, because I knew this before I looked this up. Did you? I did. Oh. So they had to bring it up. <laughs> Be- when he comes up in later episodes. Oh, they maybe have that's to what it is. Because yeah. I don't know how I would have known this oh, otherwise. Oh, it, it does. In Mystery Spot. Okay. That's where it comes I'm pretty up. sure I heard it before yeah. because when I read it, I was like, oh, yeah. Okay. I remember that now. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, hang on a second. How did I know that? It's probably one of the other episodes. Yeah. It I'm is. sure somebody You're totally right. It. You're totally right. Okay. But that's it. And it was explained in the article. In the article on the website, but not... <laughs> From Weekly World News, which is what they were reporters for. Oh, yeah. Not in this episode, but in the one with the sheriff who thought they were stupid. Yes, with the exsanguinated cows. Yeah. What was that episode? Because they thought that they were hunting vampires, but that turned out to not be the case, right? Was that the episode with the vampires who weren't drinking human blood? Yes, that's That's the one. Anyway, sorry. (laughs) But that's when they were weekly world news people. Okay. Um, But yeah, so it's soaked in the blood of 
they're his victims, um, which is weird, like you said, because it was so wet. <laughs> uh, but okay. Um, the ladies the beat up Dean. Uh, Jason Voorhees, the motherfucker, shows up and attacks Sam, which is funny because later in, well, later that, not that year, but a couple of years later, Jared played, uh, or was a character in uh, the remake of Friday the 13th in 2009. Was he really? And he actually fought huh. Jason Voorhees. Well, there you go. So I thought that was kind of funny. I just wanted to point out that we see Dean fly around like at least three times right. during this fight, and it's fucking hilarious By two every ladies. single time. Well, that, and he just does, Jensen just does the whole arms flailing like, right. while he falls <laughs> things. So perfect. I right. love it. It's like flopping, flop yeah. fighting. <laughs> yeah. But Dean gets uh, one up on the trickster and shoves the stakes through him. And the trickster and dies while well, all of his like little guys apparitions disappear. disappear. And the guys are like, let's get the fuck out before anybody sees the body. <laughs> and, and then they apologize to each other. Yeah, without saying anything. Right. Which is like, wonderful. You guys are so cute. Oh, I like that part so much. It's really cute. And then, of course, Bobby. And then it goes back to the... Yeah, Bobby's like, <laughs> you guys are breaking my heart. heart. Can we please just leave? <laughs> right. And then we go back to the trickster and we find out they were actually tricked. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, he wasn't dead. Which you guys Which... obviously already knew because you've probably seen it. Or because I said that I love this character in the beginning. Right. Meaning and we didn't coming back. understand that we met him so quickly. <laughs> yeah. Which, I mean, I thought it was pretty crazy of them to just assume he was dead and then, like, take off. I'm like, right. I would have probably checked on that. It just seems weird to me because it seems like everything else that they've done so far, they've made sure the monster's <clears throat> dead. Right. Burned, buried, whatever it, they need to do. And this, they're just like, let's go! Well, I think there was a lot more chance in this one of them getting busted by cops. True. You know, because instead of, like, doing the hunting and stuff, like, in dark alleys or abandoned warehouses, they're, like, on a university campus. So. Right. I'm sure they wanted, that teaches Bobby wanted to children, get, apparently. Apparently, right. Or teaches adults the alphabet. We don't know. That's true. Maybe um, it's English as a second language course. It could be. <laughs> I, I wouldn't expect it to be that large of a class. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, so I was reading up on tricksters. Um, so tricksters are considered mischievous. They're also considered malevolent sometimes and also a little stupid. So they're pretty funny. Um, I was looking at famous tricksters. I mean, everybody, every culture has some type of a trickster that they reference. Um, even in the Bible, people say that Jacob could be interpreted as a trickster. Um, I didn't really go into that too much there because I was looking at lists of like famous one and this one came up, Anansi, which I'd heard that name before, um, but I still can't figure out where. I can only guess that I had like a kid's book about him. Or something. Anansi Boys is a Neil Gaiman book, and it's amazing. That was one of the things that they referenced, but I, I've never read anything by Neil Gaiman. Oh I'm my like, God. it's so good. <laughs> um, but what he is is he is actually um, the trickster of uh, the Ashanti folklore, which are the right. Africans that were brought over to the Caribbean during the slave trade. Right, um, and so. He stuck around for a really long time because he became just kind of like a symbol for the Ashanti people of uh, slave resistance and slave survival through this whole process because he was always able to kind of like turn the tables on like oppressors and and people who were um, doing him harm using not a force, but, you know, cunning and and trickery. Um, 
And so I just looked up two stories, some stories about him, and I found these two that I thought were really cool because Anansi is also considered the god of all stories. Yes. And all of his... Um, he took him from the tiger, and the tiger is very mad. Well, that's not what this one says. No, I'm just... That's oh. an Anansi uh, voice in the oh, story. Oh, I see. It's okay. first American gods, but then Anansi boys is... Uh, it, it's really cool because he... it The father is like... It, it's just really funny because it that comes up about how he stole. All, he's the god of the stories. Oh, okay. everybody knows the stories. His story, you know, stories come from him. Right. But the tiger used to be that because there's this like world of the end of the world place where it's all the different animals. Right. Where they're like human, like animal hybrids. Right. And they each have their own place. And the tiger used to be this main thing, but then Anansi came in and he's like a spider. Yeah, he is. <laughs> and just stole it away, and so the tiger just hates him like. Furious. It's a really good book. You should check that it out. Really Especially cool. if you liked what you yeah, read about no, this. Yeah, that sounds really Because cool. it's like the fictional version of right, it. So right. it's kind of fun to read. That is really cool. I probably should anyway. read it. That sounds like something I would like. Um, yeah. So originally what happened is that the sky god, his name is Naomi, was the one who had all the stories. Um, okay. And he wouldn't share them with anybody, but Anansi wanted them. And so Naomi asked uh, Anansi to bring him Onini, the python, Osibo, the leopard, and the Umboro hornets. And if he could bring those three things to him, he would trade the stories. And so Anansi went and he tricked all three of these um, people to come with him so he could give him to give them to uh, Naomi. So with the python, he started this argument with the python about how long he really was because the python was always bragging about how long he was. Right. And he was like, well, prove it. And the python's like, fine, I will. And so they get a branch from a tree and he's trying to stretch himself out along the branch but pythons can't actually fully straighten themselves so he was not appearing as long as he felt he really was and so Anansi was like well here let me I'll tie you along the branch so that we can see how long you really are um and so of course then when he's tied to the branch he just takes him to Naomi and gives him to Naomi well, here I got this python for you um, which he's not too happy about and then to catch the leopard he dug a hole in the ground and uh when the leopard fell into it and he wasn't able to get out anansi offered to help him climb out by wrapping him in his webbing because he's a spider right and so by the time that he was able to get the leopard out the leopard was completely wrapped in all of his webbing and couldn't move and so he just drug him to nyame and gave him to him <laughs> <laughs> and then uh for the hornets he had a calabash full of water and he went over to where their hornet's nest was, and he put a banana leaf over his head, and he poured water on top of it, and he poured water on top of the hornet's nest. And he's like, oh, my God, it's raining. <laughs> like, you guys, you need to get in shelter. And he's like, get into this calabash, you know, and you'll stay dry. And so, of course, they all just fly in there, and then he seals it shut and takes it <laughs> to Niami, and uh, he gets all of the stories. And so all stories now come from, from him. Because he actually shares them. And then there was one other one that I also liked a lot, which was the dispersal of wisdom is what they call it. Um, and that Anansi tried to hoard all of the world's wisdom for himself. And he put it, uh, he collected all of it and he put it in this pot. But he wanted to make sure it was safe. And so he wanted to put it at the top of this really like horny tree with a lot of like barbs on it and uh -huh. stuff. Sorry, my feet are being attacked. <laughs> And uh, so as he's trying to climb the tree with this big pot, he, like, can't figure out how to do it. Um, he keeps falling. And sorry. God, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> I 
cat, I swear to God. Cat is attacking, attacking my feet. Um, and so he ties the pot to his belly and tries to keep climbing, but he's still falling because he can't climb correctly. Well, he was trying to do those in secret. What he didn't know is that his son, who is in, in chemo, ugh, I'm sorry, I can't do this with my cat down there. <laughs> his name is Ntikuma. It's N-T-I-K-U-M-A. Sounds right. Ntikuma, who followed I'm him to see, like, right? <laughs> who followed him to see what his dad was doing, and he sees his dad trying to climb this tree like this really foolish way, and he's laughing at him. And so he comes up to him, and he's like, "You know, if you just tied the pot to your back, <laughs> you'd be able to climb that tree without any problems." And Anansi is already really frustrated, gets really angry because his son is telling him like the right way to do something. Right. And he drops the pot, and all the wisdom comes out, and a rainstorm starts, and it washes all the wisdom into the ocean. And spreads it all around the world until there's a little bit of it in all of us. Huh. And so that's how everybody gets their wisdom is from Anansi being kind of a dumbass. That's awesome. Yeah. So The character, like the human form of Anansi in the world, in the book, uh, Anansi Boys, mm-hmm. uh, it's about their father who, he, he's like, I don't know how he did it. He could talk his way in and out of everything. Oh, okay. And he's like this old black guy who was just really into, like, jazz, blues stuff. He always wore this green fedora, and he would dance everywhere and, like, win the hearts of everybody. And Oh, okay. He just sounded like this really cool... Like, smooth tiger. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right on. And then, like, he gets... He dies. That's how the brothers come back, and they bury him. And the Anansi is, like, in his grave, and he's like, how long should I wait in here before it's just... Okay. For me to climb For me out. to come back. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and it's cool. It's just really, really cool. It's funny because I was, I, I listened to it recently on Audible. We got the Audible mm-hmm. app. And um, so I was listening to the audiobook version of it. And it's like this English guy reading it. Oh, okay. So every time he says Anansi, it sounds like he's saying a Nancy boy. A Nancy boy. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh. He's a Nancy boy. One thing that I thought was really cool is that they say a lot of the stories about Anansi are very, very, very similar to stories. Do you, you, do you know who Br'er Rabbit is? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's ve- they're all very similar to the Br'er Rabbit stories. Right. Which I didn't know this, but those stories actually, um, a lot of the Cherokee tribe has stories just like those also. So it's like these three different cultures who have like the same type of beliefs of like tricksters to the point where their stories are like really similar to each other huh um and they were saying that it's obviously a result of the slave trade in the european like invasion of the americas and that all of these cultures just kind of matched but like there's really no way to know where it all started yeah because they're so intertwined now but it's pretty cool i'm glad that you got the anansias here me too trickster yeah now (laughs) i'm really happy because that was really cool read the book i will maybe um Everybody should really at least check it out. It's one of Neil Gaiman's great pieces of work. I mean, I like most of his stuff, so. Right. I've never read anything by him. I think you'd really like American Gods and Anansi Boys for sure. Okay. For sure. And then I just finished um, Good Omens. Right. Him and Terry Pratchett. Right. That one is also very very good <laughs> and it's funny because it's got like crowley and azazel and i was just listening Does to it, it all. really oh God, this 
serious? Like supernatural. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Crowley and the angel in A Good Omens are like best friends, but they're not friends, but they've known each other for 6,000 years and they're just, it's so great. That is awesome. Like how perfect is that? <laughs> yeah. And Crowley is like right. Crowley. It's just. Oh, wow. You should. Anyway, anyway, sorry guys, sorry we got way off track there. (laughs) Um, So so back to the episode, or did you have more trickster? Sorry, no, no, that was all of it. Okay, back to the episode. Um, This I thought was kind of funny and like totally dates it, but um, the band that's playing in the bar is called Junk Food, and they were like a you know, local band or whatever, they won a CW competition via MySpace. Oh, my God. <laughs> to get their song included in an, an, an episode. episode. That and is so awesome. That's, and it's called, uh, what was it called? Next to You by Junk Food. Oh, my God. Because I've been trying to, like, go through the soundtrack of all the episodes to get as many songs as I can, and I could never find that one. Yeah. It drove me crazy. Because it's, it's not like a, It's not yeah. like a real, well, I mean, they're a real band, but it's not okay. like. It wasn't like a huge label or anything. Right. It's like. I, it was I don't even know band. if it was like a garage band of some right. kids or whatever, but right. they just won a contest that is so via cool. MySpace. That's awesome, <laughs> via MySpace. <laughs> that's how they entered. And that's how CW ran it, was through MySpace. Um, the hotel that they're at is called King's Lair, and they're in room number 12. Really? I don't know if that means anything, but maybe it'll come up on quiz. Oh, that's, that was the same thing I put for the name of the book, Modern Morality. That's a really good thing to know for quiz. Right. The patches that were on their electrician uniforms said mm-hmm. Ohio Connection DLC or DSL. What did I say DLC? I don't know. Anyway, Ohio Connect DSL. DSL. With their patches that All they right. got. Um, I I had so many favorite moments in this episode. Yeah, like it was pretty so much hard. all of them going back and forth with how they thought each other looked, um, how they talked. Like, yeah, most of them. Most of my moments though were more <clears throat> so when Dean was talking about how Sam was acting, with the like, Dean, what do you think you're doing? <laughs> and then like him, you know, you're the most, you're too precious it's for, for this world. world. <laughs> it's just so good. The part where they're fighting on the bed, yeah. And, Dean, the whole time when he's talking to the two girls on the bed and he just really wants to yeah, accept the peace offering. Him, right, really struggling with it. Um, I had a really hard time picking a line. So I'm just going to go with, because it kind of encompassed the whole episode really mm-hmm. well, is when Dean says, I mean, these punishments, they're almost po- poetic. Actually, it'd be more like a limerick, but yeah. still. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> if I had to pick a scene, it would be uh, them fighting on the bed. Yeah. Because I could watch that over and over again yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and still laugh every time. Um, but yeah, there's just too many moments to like pick just one. Um, as far as lines go, I had to go with the trickster uh, hoisted by their own Oh, patterns. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I just learned what it <laughs> well, was. Well, now no, that made it, like, means. so much funnier. <laughs> yeah. I didn't look it up what it meant, so that might have changed things. Yeah, but. so that's the one I went with. And then um, favorite song? Um, I really loved Lady in Red and how they used it yeah. with the slow dance <laughs> of the alien. But I also really like Barry White, that yeah. whole. So I'm going to just had, pick both of them. It had great music. Like yeah. the whole episode, they did really well with the music. Yeah. I picked uh, Rhythm Machine, Brenda and Me, which right. is what's playing when Dean's talking to his classy lady in the right. bar. 
she just says to him, my God, you're attractive. <laughs> that whole bit. Like, Dean, that's how you, how you visualize yourself. That's how yourself. he imagines women, women. talking to okay. him. All right. I think they're a little more creative than just, my God, you're attractive. <laughs> I'm going to do that to him when I meet him. Right before our photo. <laughs> God, no, I'm not. You're not. <laughs> I already have our photo planned. You do? Yeah, I'm going to ask him to make fun of me, like oh, that's my, right. my, my pose silly, I do pose, every time. Right. And then I'm going to bow my legs out and do duck face. <laughs> we're going to make fun of each other. Hopefully, he doesn't get offended. Right. I don't think he will. I'm not going to be like, I want to touch you, right. you know, which I'm sure he gets a lot. So right. I want to give him a break, you know? Well, there you go. I'd like to touch him, but there will be other, you know, maybe there will be other times. I'm going to hug Jared. So. Well, I'll, I'm going to be like, can I hug you? I don't want to do it for the photo. I just want to hug because right. I think you're great. Right. <laughs> I still haven't decided because I kind of want Jared to use me as an armrest. Cause I think that'd be I'm hilarious. I'm really short. Yeah. I'm, I'm literally like five foot two. And he's six foot four. So and you should slouch. He's like more than a and foot really exaggerate me. I think you should even exaggerate it still. And tell him to stand on his tiptoes. Yeah. Can you like <laughs> really stretch out? Right. Like, like, come on. Make yourself as moose tall it up. as you can. And I'm going to be as short as I can. And then I'll be. And then me and, me and Jensen will be next to you just all. <laughs> stupid faces. <laughs> stupid faces. Uh, it's going to be so much It's going to be a great photo. Jan and I are going to the convention. That's what we're talking about. If you guys are wondering. Anyway, do you have anything else for this episode? No, nope, um, I got to talk about everything we're I wanted. Talking about completely different things. Yes, we are. Going on a tangent. As okay, we do. well, let's take a quick break and we'll get back to Roadkill. Sounds good. Welcome back. That was an insanely long break for us. <laughs> we just talked forever. Usually we we mute it for like maybe five a couple minutes, minutes yeah. and then we're back right away. It's been like almost an hour of <laughs> <laughs> Shannon and I sitting here talking at each other and yeah, yeah, and me fucking around with my surface because yeah. it decided to stop working. But it's we had, back. We had some technical issues, so. but we're good. Yes. Um. Sorry anyway. if we seem a little distracted. <laughs> So we're coming right back to to do Roadkill, the 16th episode. This was directed by Charles Beeson and written by Rayleigh Tucker. So is he... <gasps> uh, I forgot. Body count? Oh, yeah. On the last episode was two. Sorry. It was two? <laughs> That's what IMDb says. But it's... Oh, no. Which the, was the cause professor the, and the alligator guy. Right. Because the jock did not that see and that's what i was like getting all outraged by but yeah he didn't die he just got horribly humiliated anyway sorry go ahead with your 
recap. So we start with a couple driving down the highway, having a little tiff. Um, and basically they're having that classic argument of we should have stopped to get directions. Right. No, we're going the right way. And then as they're going, they realize that they're driving on the actual just wrong highway, not even just going the wrong way. Um, they find out it's their anniversary. Well, we find out it's their anniversary <laughs> and they're supposed to be having this great vacation, but instead they're lost. And instead of being like a normal person about it, he starts like shoving his face all over his wife. who's trying to drive <laughs> and like totally fucking with her. And it's like, it's like, winter and the road is icy and i'm like dude what are you doing and so she's getting mad and pushing him off well then she notices as they're driving a man standing in the middle of the road she screams she slams on her brakes the car flies off of the road and hits a tree uh she wakes up has like a surprisingly small amount of blood coming out of her mouth like that's all really right totaled your car she can't see her husband anywhere she starts calling for him she walks away and finds a creepy house in the woods and like any normal person is like i'm gonna go knock on that door right uh she goes nobody answers so she just walks inside uh it's normal and there's all kinds of knives on the shelf and or on the walls and it's kind of just a weird looking place and then she sees the man standing in the corner and she's like oh my god are you okay uh, and he turns around, and he's got blood, like, pouring out of his stomach and out of his mouth. And his then, guts are coming out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, literally coming out. And then... She runs. Supernatural. Yeah. Um, so, this goes into a lot of things that you and I talk about, about stupid things that people do, like, in scary situations. Right. Number one is when you wreck a car at night... I don't care what you're doing. You stay at the car right. until the sun comes up. <laughs> like, what are you doing walking around in woods you've never been in? In winter. Right. You're going to get lost. Like, really, really lost. And then what? Like, I mean, you don't know, then right? Then you'll die you don't of know. right. hypothermia. Or some guy will find you and kill you after he's, like, tortured you. Right. You know? Like, didn't you watch Deliverance? Or bear. You know, right. a whole number of things. Right. So you just... Stay in one spot until somebody can find you or until you can see where you are. I best care what happened to your husband. I think the best thing to do if you absolutely feel like you need to move, you know, because in that situation, there was a very good possibility that nobody would know that they were there. Right. Is to just retrace the steps of the car and go back, go back to, to the, the road. road. Right. And then wait there. Right. You know, bleeding to death and... Hoping that, you know, somebody finds you. Because right. it's going to be just as cold in your car as it is on the side of the road. Right. If and I you mean, can't turn it on. <laughs> I can understand where she's like, but I have to find my husband. But it's right. like, he's if he is lost somewhere, he's never going to find you. Right. If you've walked away from the car. Like, you know, it's just, that's just like basic survival right. technique. Like, Don't I mean, wander off into the right. woods. If you're lost somewhere, you stay where you are and wait for someone to find you. But before that, I even put on... My notes. Husband starts messing with the driver. Why do people do that? Right? <laughs> it happens in movies and in TV shows all the time where they're like yeah. tickling them or like right. fucking with. And I'm like, this person is in charge of your life right, right now. <laughs> like they are in control of what happens to your body in a two ton piece of metal. Right. That's hurtling at, you know, 40 miles an hour or more. Right. This is with a glass very and deadly metal situation. And like, why are you doing like 
you should be making them make sure that they're watching the road and not talking right. to you or on their phone or right. whatever. Or with Don't you fucking with tickle them. them. Right. Yeah. And oh. it happens all the time. Every time I see that, I get so mad. Yeah. I'm just like, Me what too. are you... Okay, so you're going to die, and I'm right. not going to feel sad. Right. But you're also going to kill idiot. that poor person who's driving the car. So right. I hope you feel bad. Um, It's really funny because in the beginning of the episode, the husband says that they're on Highway 99, but then they pass the sign that says they're on Highway 41. And on Highway 99, near where it actually crosses Highway 41, there is a street called Jensen Avenue. Shut up. Yep. Really? Yep. That's awesome. Yeah. I wonder so, if that was intentional. I would think so. I would hope so. Otherwise, that's pretty supernatural. supernatural. <laughs> <Woo>. <laughs> um, also, all the advertising for this, I read. I didn't see it, obviously. But all the advertising for this um, was really focused on the fact that uh, Trisha Helfler was in this. The, Is she the wife? She's the wife, Molly, oh, okay. because she was the Cylon number six from Battlestar. So I looked it up because I... That's where I know her from. Oh, my God. I have been trying really? so hard to figure it out. Like, and it was something it was about really the obvious. way she talked. Like, where the fuck have I seen her before? I guess she was a more natural blonde in this. And in right. Star, she's very yeah. dyed blonde. Right. Wow. Thank you. I, I mean, I Thank thought you. it was I'm really sure obvious, you did. I'm really bad at this. I don't I know if you noticed that. I also love Battlestar Galactica. So do I. That's so weird that you did not notice that. I didn't. I knew I she knew her very, from somewhere. Like, she does. recognizable No, face. I know. And it was driving me crazy. Both times I've watched this episode, I'm like, fuck, who is she? Like, who is she? And well, there's Instead of, like, looking IMDb. it up, right, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I just like to see That's if I can what I'm here for. remember it. But, yeah, that, but anyways, thank you. So I looked it up because I was like, was Battlestar out before Supernatural? Like, I thought, like, you know, like, why would it be a big deal that she, because whatever. So I looked it up, and Battlestar ran from 2005 to 2009. Um, and I'm like, so they ran at the same exact time. This would be the second year for both shows. But maybe Battlestar was doing better? So probably. they were like, hey, check out the Cylon and Supernatural. <laughs> but I was like, that's just, I thought that was kind of interesting. That is. That, that she was, like, the focal point of... The, I have no idea how the ratings did or if it helped or what the ratings for Battlestar were. I right. didn't go that far into it, but I just thought it was interesting. That is pretty interesting. Um, so <sighs> I put the Cylon wanders through the woods <laughs> <laughs> looking for her husband. I just can't believe I never figured it out. Sorry. I'm going to be like blown away by that for a while. <laughs> Sorry. No big deal. I mean, I've watched Battlestar Galactica so many times. <laughs> it's a great show. It's a really good show. Um, I really like rewatch because I remembered this episode. Yeah, so did I. I remembered every little bit of it, and I was like, "Oh yeah," but it was really funny watching it a second time because I've I've only watched it once. Um, but it was funny watching it the second time and knowing what they know yeah. they know, and, and then being, seeing the way seeing that like they... their looks and stuff. You're like, yeah. Oh. Well, and I the big one for me was seeing how they both talked to her like very differently. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I'm like, oh, that's why Dean's being a total dick. Right. But just right away when she comes up and she's like, stop, in the middle of the street. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Dean's like, holy shit. (laughs) And he skids and slams on the brakes. And you can just see them look at each other like, what What the the fuck? fuck? Yeah. Anyway, so she comes, she knocks on the door, windows, and she's like, help me, you gotta help me. And she tells them that they were in an accident, her husband is missing, and there's this, like, 
old dude who's like dying. Right. That she hit with a car. Right. Um, so they want to, they're trying to talk her into letting them take her back into the city. And she's like, no, I'm not leaving until I find my husband. Just take me to my car. So they're like, okay, fine. Are we going to talk about the twist or are we going to wait till the end? We can wait till the end, or did you need well, to no, talk about it? Well, no, because it's one of those. Well, it's just one of those things that, like, a lot of stuff, like you were saying, watching it again, like mm-hmm. um, things you never would have noticed, right? That you noticed. Like, this is a great episode to watch twice. Yeah, it's like um, the Sixth Sense, where you're like, exactly. Was Bruce Willis talking to the mom, or were right. they just sitting? Or they're next just to sitting each other? there, ignoring <laughs> each other. Yeah, I have to watch this again. Yeah, no, it was. Um, and so, like, things, like, little things, like you were saying, the way that they look at her, the way they look at each other, um, and even the way she acts, like, she's very, very stubborn and right. doesn't want to leave that place. Right. Um, which is just totally, like, indicative of, you know, somebody haunting someplace. Right. You know? Yeah. yeah. I just thought that was really cool. Like, they really did a good job with doing it very subtly, but right. then when you watch it again, you're like, wow, they really, really nailed it. If I ever have a party at my house... And there's a guest, well, when I have a party, and there's a guest who's, like, not leaving. Are you going to really annoying. I'm going to be like, are you haunting? Is this a haunting? <laughs> Is this why you can't leave? Are you stuck here? Let's think about your unfinished business. Let's right. get this done. <laughs> Let's talk about Let's this. Let's focus on you. Right. <laughs> I need you to leave. Let's learn how to let go. <laughs> <laughs> Look into the sun as it rises and disappear. Right. Because I need to go to bed. I'm really tired. Um, <laughs> so they take her to the car, the car's missing, and she's, like, completely just blown away by that. She's like, right. which, as you should be, right. you've only been gone for, like, maybe 20 minutes or whatever. Right, and, and now the car's just gone. Um, I did like, though, when she's in the car with the guys and she's like, really upset by what she said to him at the end and that they got in a fight and she's like that was the only time we ever fought was in the car and sam's like I understood. I, yeah <laughs> so i was like oh yeah <laughs> like you have no idea how much we're in a car together um so but then the um song comes on the uh house of the rising sun mm-hmm. which is the only song in this episode right so that's our song <laughs> um it comes on and she's like, oh, I recognize the song. This is the song that was playing when when we crashed. Yeah, right. And you're like, hmm, maybe some foreshadowing there. Right. But, um, and then it turns into the ghost just saying, she's mine. Right. And then so. the Impala just breaks down. Not yet. It doesn't? No, because he runs into the ghost. Because that's when the ghost oh, appears. that's right. And he floors it. Greeley appears right. and he's like, hang on. And he floors it. That's right. Passes through the guy and then the Impala dies and he's like, he's he's not going to let us take her away. Which I think is kind of cool because you could tell they didn't really anticipate how difficult it was going to be right. to get her out of there. Right. They thought it would just be real simple of like, let's get her out of here real quick. We'll go kill him and then like exactly. help her, you know, find her way. Right. So. Because based on the way this ended, they didn't know why she was still there. Right. They still needed to figure that out. Exactly. Um, so they get out of the car. They're getting their weapons from the trunk. And Molly's like, okay. <laughs> Which I'm like, when I see that, I'm like, whoa, you guys probably should have like warned her. Yeah. 
by the way, we have a lot of weapons in our right. trunk. Because like, that would be very disconcerting as yeah. a, you know, a female who just got Who's in a lost car on the highway, right? And these two guys, you know, granted, ha- really they're hot gorgeous, guys, right? But they just pick you up and they're helping you. And then suddenly they open the trunk and it's just like, like shotguns and knives. And I need like, to leave. Yeah, like oh fuck. Like and I'm in a lot of trouble. <laughs> yeah, and I'm glad that they wrote that in in that you know. Because that is what a normal person should do. Like, right. okay, um, thank you for your help, but I think I've got I think it, I've got it covered here. now. Yeah. <laughs> like, holy shit. And they're like, yeah. oh, no, 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 no. It's fine. It's right. fine. <laughs> we hunt ghosts. And I do like, um, yeah, how Dean does it. it Sam's like, don't sugarcoat it for yeah. her. <laughs> Which is funny because it's like, well, you wanted to tell the truth, Sam. Right. <laughs> You're the one who wants to tell the truth. Right, but I can see what he's saying. You probably, this is something you should probably sugarcoat for people. But um, Yeah, but they're on a very limited time yes. crunch and, and right I, now. I, I get that. And I, and I mean, I appreciate that. Um, I also think when I was watching this scene, uh, Dean calls women sister a lot. Does he? Yes. I don't think I've ever really heard it used quite this much. I mean, I know it's something that some guys, some people do sometimes, but he's always like calling him a sister. I'm gonna have to pay You're attention start to that now. now. Yeah, because yeah. I didn't. I have not noticed because it's in this scene where he like I don't even remember what the actual line is, but he calls her sister. I'm like, why does he always call women sister? Because he did it in the uh, play. I think things. I know what you're talking about. I can't remember the exact line, but I think I remember. Anyway, I don't want to sit here and just yeah. Sorry, try to remember. <laughs> I'm just going to be here for like 15 minutes. All what was that? Right. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, so he tells her 15 years ago the farmer died, or Sam is telling that, and he haunts this road once a year on the anniversary of his death, and he always finds someone to punish for what's been done to him. And he's like, and tonight that person is you. Right. And it's just really interesting that we. To see the way he says it. Right. On a second, you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, like, Dean, through the whole thing, is not very subtle about the whole thing, like, at all. No. Which, again, is not something you're going to know until you've already seen right. it Right, and it's funny because Dean is usually the one who's like, no, we can't tell them. Right. Let's not. But this one, he's like, he doesn't care because of the situation. He's right. like, I don't care if I tell this person. Right, exactly. <laughs> I mean... It, and a lot of it has to do with the, like you said, they're on a very limited amount of time. But right. it's also that Dean just doesn't have any regard for her. Right. So they're like, look, you just need to help us find him. And so she takes him to the cabin. Um, and they're like, we need to find the body. And she's like, well, what are you going to do with that? And, he, and Sam's like, oh, we'll salt and burn the bones. And she goes, oh, oh naturally. naturally. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I love it when people react that way. Like the cop. Right. The detective. Yes. <laughs> Oh my god, it's just like, I love because oh, they say okay. it all the time. Oh, we're gonna salt and burn the bones. We were like, oh, yeah, which is totally course. normal for them, right. but for someone like Molly or the detective, <laughs> right? They're just like, uh, what? What? <laughs> but instead, they're like, yeah, they just of go, course, sure, naturally. I, yeah. Okay. Why wouldn't I think do it's that? because the whole situation is so weird Bizarre, at that point right. that you're just gonna kind of like let's just leave that one where it is. <laughs> So they leave the hunting cabin to go look for uh, Greeley's actual house because they believe he's probably going to be buried around there somewhere because he was like this old farmer who had like a hundred acres of land with his wife and... It was a thousand acres. A th- oh, a thousand? Okay. Yeah. So he had a fuck ton of property. Right. And it was just him and his wife and nobody saw his wife after he died. So... And she reclaimed his body. Right. So we don't know so where no, he was Yeah, buried. nobody knows what happened and they're like, it could be fucking anywhere. <laughs> So, I mean, don't you think they probably could have searched the grounds bef- 
before this night happened. Probably. Like, I think that was a bad call. Yeah. On the Winchester's part. I have, I mean, because when they do the flashback on the, like, um, the whole researching thing. Right. They're, like, driving to the spot when we encounter her. So I don't right. know if it was, like, they weren't expecting her so soon. I mean, or I guess if they that didn't could know, be it. Like, what exactly it is they were Yeah, like, maybe be. they just found out the day before no, the date. No, you're right. Because that's usually the way it happens. Yeah. Like, they just started the case and only have just, that one night to do it and didn't realize yeah. how huge the area was going right. to be. Right. <laughs> so, um... So then she wanders off after Sam says, stay close. Right. I'm like, this woman is fucking insane. I'll at least tell Sam, hey, I'm going to go this way. I think I heard you know, my husband. Right. I'm going to go. She just goes. Yeah. Like, if you're looking for your husband, there's a creepy situation. These two guys just told you he's a ghost. Right. <laughs> Whether you believe him or not. And then if you hear this, Molly, Molly, Molly. help me. Right. What do you want? Some help at least? Be like, hey, big tall guy with a gun. Could you come Um, this way, please? I heard something. (laughs) But it also does kind of fit the bill as far as her being a very stubborn person. Which I really, I don't know. I I like this episode. It's it's written very well. Right. Yeah, I do. Because I remember every, every bit of it and yeah there's other episodes where i've seen like the last one i didn't remember it right until i saw it and then i was like oh yeah i fucking love, love this episode, this episode. Right. so great and hilarious and other episodes i'm watching i'm like i don't remember like anything at all right. this is a totally new experience right but this one really it's like it stuck with it me. stuck with me it was yeah really it was really well done um so dean is there and he shoots Greeley in the face he right. goes oops <laughs> Does he really? Says oops. No. Right when Does he really? Yes. You missed that? Oh my god. <laughs> yes. Yes, because Greeley Dean. takes her oh. and he turns around right to the barrel in his face and Dean goes, oops, and then shoots him. <laughs> no, I so, want to watch it all over again. Yeah, you have to. It's ridiculous. So, you know, but it's Dean and it's adorable. Right, yeah. But he sees uh, the pathway to the house and he's like, follow the creepy brick road. Right. So he gets there and you could like Dean is very kind of rude towards Molly and he's right. like, You guys search down here. Right. Or you guys you go search upstairs, upstairs. I'll right. stay down I'll here. Do. Right. And he like throws Sam a look and you're just like, Whoa, oh, dude. God, like, Dean, what is your deal? Why don't you like this person? Right. Like what's going on? Yeah, like and, and it's very clear there's like some unspoken like thing going, going on between on, yeah. those two. Right. Um so they split to search and it focuses mainly on Sam and, and Molly. Molly upstairs, and he's telling her about... Because she's asking, like, why he would still be here, and... And I love the conversation she has with Sam right. at this point, because he's really, like, using the answers to her questions to kind of, like, explain to her what's happening to her. Right. You know? Um, without just flat out telling, telling her. Because right. I think one thing that she's really scared of, you can tell, is that he's such an evil spirit. Right. You know, and she doesn't understand why he turned into that. Especially after reading the love letter. She's like, how did somebody like this turn into what we're running from? Like, I don't understand. And Sam makes a point to say not every spirit is angry and vengeful. Like, some are just stuck. Well, he says, and he's like, they turn into a wild animal. And, you know, and he's like, it's really sad because they're not the people who they were. It's not them. Right. And that's when Dean comes in. (laughs) And he's just like, 
what does he say? Oh, Sammy's always getting a little J. Love Hewitt when oh, it right. comes to things like this. <laughs> and he's like, but I'm not going to be making apologies for any for any right. of them anytime soon. And you're like, whoa. Oh, damn, Dean. Because isn't that when he's just like, I don't like him. Yeah. And this is, at this point, that's when, because it was kind of like sitting there for me. And I was like, there's obviously, and then when he said, I was like, oh, she's a fucking ghost. <laughs> like that. <laughs> Moment. The first time I watched it, yeah. I was like, okay. See, and she's part of the loop. That's right. what Sam was just saying. Because he's. that's when he says you get stuck in a loop and it's right. really sad because you keep doing the same thing over and over every year. Right. Or all the time. Whatever. Well, and it wasn't that obvious for me um, when it was happening. Like, at the end, I, I mean, I caught on to it once they started driving, like, away from the scene of the accident and right. taking her um, back to David. I was like, oh, my God. And then it was so sad. But yeah. we'll get to that. Yeah. No, this is the moment for me when it broke. And I was like, oh, okay. She's totally a fucking ghost. I knew it. <laughs> and at the end, I was like, I knew it. <laughs> but it was, it was sad, though. But I was right. just like. It was Dean. It was when Dean was right. just very... I was like, there's no reason for him to be this adamantly, like, aggressive towards this woman. Right. None. Right. But... I guess anyway. for me, the first time I watched it, I was just standard, like, Dean. Dean's such an asshole! Not such an <laughs> asshole. Dean is just a very blunt person who has absolutely no tact. Right. At all. And I think we can all agree on that. <laughs> yeah. Maybe if I was Team Sam... I wouldn't have seen it as quickly because I would right. have been like, Dean's just being a jerk. Right. But Well, I don't think... I, I thought, thought it was just very out of character for him. See, I don't think I even thought Dean's being a jerk. You know what I mean? I think it was more... Um, I was more focused on the conversations that were happening around spirits and why they do what they do right. and how they end up where they are. That the whole thing with Dean just kind of like... It didn't even like... register me. Right. Yeah. Exactly. To me, it was when he was the one who told the truth and he was extremely blunt about it, which right. he doesn't do. Right. Often. Um, and then when he was just increasingly just very aggressive towards her mm -hmm. and the conversation that just happened with Sam. With Sam. Watching right. it a second time, it's obvious. Right. Obviously. Right. Watching it the second time, I'm like, wow, I can't believe. And for me, it was like, God, they really kind of, in, in a subtle but like obvious way, made you understand what was going on. Right. Well, and because they're like, watching it a second time, it's even more obvious. Exactly. But it's still pretty easy to pick up the first time when Sam is talking to her, the way he's like, spirits who can't let go and he's like giving her that look you know and i'm right. like um okay yeah. i think i see what you're doing here guys yeah but anyway anyway sorry um so this so is when they're searching the upstairs room and dean, dean needs her. help to push the dresser aside um he didn't need help well no <laughs> okay i was just like i don't know what you're talking about no because he threw something at sam yeah, he throws like his gun i thought it, he threw his gun I at thought sam that was his gun. that's what i was gonna be like did he really just he throw his gun at right and that's why I, was like, <laughs> I think he just threw a gun at sam like that just seems like i don't care what is loaded in that gun that's a bad idea well like, yeah yeah they throw so. their weapons around a lot more than they should but that just seems so unnecessary <laughs> like, he could have just put it on top of the dresser right or been like here sam it's not like they were in a hurry <laughs> and then i also love how surprised he is that he couldn't kick the little door in like on the yeah. first <laughs> i love that like, just... <sighs> he's like so what the hell yeah <laughs> so they go on there they find 
Mrs. Greeley Greeley hanging. And Sam's like, we got to get her down. And Dean's like, what? (laughs) He's not happy about it. And Sam, I mean, Sam's like, dude, come on. Right. We We need to do the right thing here. Right. Which I agree with Sam, obviously. The only, like, leeway I can give for Dean is that they are literally needing to, like, hurry up beat the sun coming up and digging a grave generally isn't quick well it's supposed to take a while but the winchesters can do it right they can do it in like two seconds right so the only thing i would have said to that is or would have been nice if dean could have been like can't we just wait till we're done right (laughs) and then we'll come put in a rest but it's fine but and this was the scene the second time i was watching it where i actually thought how many graves do you think they've dug in their <laughs> lifetime? Because I bet it's a lot. Too like, many. they dig graves Too all many. the time. So, um, this is when the conversation of what happens to spirits after they are put to rest go. And because Molly is very concerned about that. And she's like, well, this is what you guys do, don't you know? And they're like, no. And she's like, well, what about when you salt and burn the bones? And he's like, well, our dad always said it was like killing a ghost. But honestly, we still don't know. Right. Nobody knows. And why didn't they salt and burn her bones? Because it seems like it's something they always do. Like all hunters are cremated. You know what I mean? Whose bones? The wife? Yeah. Probably because she wasn't. Well, but haunting. But they don't know that, though. That's my whole thing. Is it seems like they would have burned her bones? Because they it would have been a good precaution. I just think right. they didn't because there were no stories of yeah an older woman right ever. Being but it's just seen. to help her not become a spirit. But I don't know. It just seems like that's what hunters would have done. Right. I guess she just let go right away. Right. When her husband died and she right. was, so she Yeah, didn't no, care and I don't think that she was sticking haunting. Around. <laughs> right, and I don't think she was haunting. I'm just saying that from the perspective of hunters, it would be... From the experience of exactly. things they've gone through, you think they would just do that. Right. Just as a norm. Exactly. <laughs> let's just go ahead and cremate her. And, right. Right. Um, but yeah, this is when Sam tells her that um, that's why he thinks people hold on so tight because they're so afraid of the unknown. And I was like, this is just getting more and more. I know I'm right now. Like (laughs) the more they kept talking, it was getting, I was like, okay. (coughs) So Molly's looking at the photos. They're back inside. Um, Sam wants to tell Molly about her husband, but Dean's like, no, we have to stick to the plan. Molly overhears them. And she's like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? Like, what, what are you not telling me? What? Right. Tell, you have to tell me, please. And you look. it looks like they're about to, but then the song kicks on again. Right. And she's like, oh, God, he's here. Right. So. And he gets her. Yeah. He pulls her through the window. Um, and there's a really good shot that they cut to when we see her in it's because he goes back to the hunting cabin, right? With right. Her. And, he's, like, and he has her, her, like, up. strung up. But, like, and I don't even know. Like, I was like, wow, why did they even do that? Because they just cut straight to her feet. Right. And how they're, like, barely touching the floor. Yeah. I don't know why. It's, it's really a good, good shot, though. Yeah. And I'm like, what even made them think to do that? It just made her seem, like, that much more helpless. Which you'd think exactly. it would be worse if she was just hanging. But, yeah. no, it's because she can almost touch the, the ground. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But you was, can reach something exactly it was really cool i liked it um so the guys chase they lose them they go back to the house to try to figure out you know get more information before they go back to the hunting cabin i imagine and that's when sam catches 
the fact that in the photograph of the photograph, I was gonna say photo, and then I wanted to say photograph, and then my brain was just like, "What are we doing?" Put it all out there. <laughs> so anyway, Sam notices in the picture of the couple <laughs> that where they're standing in the photo, it's actually a tree now. Right. And then he's like, "Oh yeah, this is an old country custom where you plant a tree as a grave." Indeed. <laughs> You're like, what is it? You're like, like a walking encyclopedia of weirdness. And Sam just kind of shrugs off. Yeah. He goes, I know. <laughs> and, he that slams, he yes. and he slams down the photo album. I know. I, know. <laughs> I fucking love that part. <clears throat> wow. Um, wow. So we go back to the hunting cabin and Molly is pleading with Greeley to let her go and that she didn't do anything to him. And he's like, I don't have my wife anymore, so hurting you is all I have. Right. And he starts, like, cutting her. Um. <laughs> and then suddenly, Dean shows up, shoots Greeley in the back of the head, and Molly sees him, and she goes, oh, thank God. And he goes, call me Dean. Call me Dean. Right. <laughs> oh, really, Dean? <laughs> oh, God, Dean. Damn it, Dean. Um. So then, but Greeley comes back and he almost murders Dean while Sam is out digging up the grave very quickly. Again, very quick. Especially for one that's under a tree. Right. They're very good at this. (laughs) They really are. And he's salt and burns bones and Greeley goes away. So they go back to the car and they're like, okay, let's get out of here. And she's like, I'm not leaving until you guys tell me what the hell is going on. Like, where's my husband? I know you know something. She thinks he's dead. She's like, just tell me that he's dead. And Sam's right. like, no, he's actually he's alive. alive. Right. And I'll and take, you, I'll to take him. you to him. Yeah. So they get to, she's like, they bring her to a house that she doesn't recognize, obviously, because she's like, where the hell are we? And he's like, this is where David lives now. Um, and she's like, I don't understand. And she goes and she sees a much older David. Right. She doesn't recognize him at and first. She's like, what? in the hell and then she sees him kissing another woman and she's like what is going on and sam tells her that it's his new wife that she actually was the, was one, the one who didn't survive who that hit the farmer right. and she died and there's actually been two spirits haunting that stretch of road for the last 15 years on february 22nd 1992 Highway 41 the accident and every year since then there has been there has been an accident on that road and Greeley has hunted and tortured one person every year to and it's Molly. make up for what he's lost, and it's been her. But she doesn't remember it because she is blocking it out. Well, because she's stuck in that loop. Right. And Dean is like, Molly, it's 2007. Right. Um, and then it shows us a flashback of them doing the research. Mm-hmm. And I like, I really like the shot of them in the car like, Dean, I don't think she knows she's dead. Right. And they're just like, what the fuck? They haven't experienced Sam. Like, what made Sam say that? That's what I don't understand when they saw her. Like, what made him think, I don't think she knows she's dead. Like, I guess because she's really freaking out. Like, you got to help me. So she looks more like a person in distress than like a ghost all. (laughs) Well, none of the ghosts Get out of your car. I'm going to kill you. You're a dumbass. Well, I think it's because... um, from their research, I would gather that uh, 
people just get into accidents. There's been no documentation of anyone ever actually interacting with either one of the spirits. And there's been what they said, five fatal crashes and then the rest were just regular crashes. And, Mm -hmm. but every account had seen a woman woman being being chased chased across the street. Right. And that was it. So I think to them, that's all they expected to see. Yeah. It was just the loop, you know, like a right movie or something. I don't know. Which would be really weird. (laughs) Um, and then I love this part where Molly goes, why didn't you guys just tell me that in the beginning? Right. <laughs> like, really? Right. Because that would have Right. And, and and they tell her that. They're like, because right. you wouldn't, you have, wouldn't have, have believed, believed us. us. Right. And then I like when she wants to go talk to David to, and they're like, we're not going to stop you. And, and Dean's <laughs> like, you're just going to freak him out for life. Right. And then Sam, you know, gives her the, you know, the talk letting go and blah 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 and it's mm-hmm. she needs to do that for herself because david already let go and everything is great and she's really scared because nobody knows what happens right but she does it she walks into the sun sunrise. and it's actually really pretty it's very pretty yeah very sad it's very sad um and then dean says i guess she wasn't so bad for a ghost yeah it's just so weird how Dean just, like, seriously sounds racist when he talks about <laughs> ghosts. Like, he does. <laughs> it's true. Replace that with any race. And exactly. Be... Like I'm like, wow, Dean, do you hear yourself? Yeah. It's just, it's very, and I can't, I mean, I think that's what really got under my skin, like, especially the first few seasons with Dean. Um, and again, it's, it's like, why I always, spirit. well, not just that, I mean, it, it's that everything's so black and white. Right. You know, and especially with, oh, it's a ghost, it's bad, I hate it. I'm like, you can't think like that. Right. You know. Which is funny because I feel like he he has those moments, especially in the Gordon episodes where he's like, well, maybe, you know, everything isn't this way and maybe we should right. rethink what we've killed. Right. But then it's like he's forgotten right. that conversation. Right. But then he's like okay with it in another episode. And then he forgets and it gets, it just gets worse. <laughs> Yeah, I just, I don't know. And especially with that line when I was first watching this episode, I guess she wasn't so bad for a ghost. I was like, holy shit. Like, do you understand what you sound like? Like, God. Um, And I think Dean is supposed to be oblivious to that part of himself. Right. And I think it's what makes Sam very angry with Dean because he knows Dean's not like this horrible person. Yeah. It just frustrates him with the way that he thinks. So... Right. Well, because Sam is very understanding that there can be monsters out there that aren't monsters. Right. That aren't evil. Yeah. That, and that's Sam's whole point throughout like, the entire series. is like, we don't fight monsters, we fight evil. Right. And Dean can't seem to make that distinction. Yeah. yeah. And it, it goes back and forth all season, or series. <laughs> Unfortunately, it but... So, um... It gets... He gets on board, though, towards the towards end. Towards the end, finally. 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 Because of a friend. Right. <laughs> Not because of Sam. No. Um, one thing I wanted to say about this episode, I really liked Molly's jacket. Um, <laughs> it's a nice jacket. You should, if you watch it, it again, a nice it's a jacket. nice jacket. I like that jacket. Um, I love how soft-spoken Sam makes his return in this episode. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like season one, Sam. Yep. Oh, my God. He's very, very soft-spoken yes, this whole episode with is. Molly. He is. 
Um, Which I think was another point that gave it away because she's just like, why are you being so comforting to her? (laughs) Well, I thought it's because she thinks her husband's dead. Like, and with the the way that it was appearing to me is that they already knew her husband was dead, probably because he was a ghost. Also, I guess that's the way I was interpreting everything is that they were kind of getting her ready for the fact that her husband is is a ghost, ghost, right? I just thought it was a little bit more put on than I was used to. And I was right. just like, there's something, like, not right, right. happening. Here. Yeah, which, I mean, there obviously was. I just don't think I immediately went to the assumption that she was a ghost. Will you, will you grab it? Thank you. She'll knock it off. It's empty. Oh, okay. Sorry, Cat um, is still butting in on things. Anyway, um, did you have any favorite lines? Um... I didn't write anything down. Nothing like stood out, but probably just the part where uh, he told he tells him he's a um, encyclopedia. The encyclopedia weirdness. Yeah. Yeah. And just Sam's retort. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I just really liked that whole part. I liked um, when they were walking, trying to find the cabin, and uh, they find the creepy brick road. Oh, and when yeah. they get there, and Dean comes out, he's like. You know, just once I'd like to round the corner and see a nice, <laughs> nice house. house. Yeah. <laughs> I liked that well, one. Not in your line of work, Dean. I'm sorry. And I just liked how Sam kind of tried to talk to Dean at the end about how we're all supposed to, like, hope for something. We're not right. supposed to hope have, like, a point. definite answer for what happens. Right. I liked that. It was a nice moment mm-hmm. between the brothers. Obviously, we only had one song. Right. Which is a good song. Which is a very good song. So I was okay with it. I was happy with it also. Um. Yeah, I think that's all I have for that one. What yeah, about you? I have much for that. That one. one was a lot shorter than I thought it was going to be. It's probably good because we went really long on the first. We one. did, and yeah. then we had the longest break ever. So it seems like we've been talking for us. For... We've been like doing this for a few hours. Now. Yeah. So let's wrap it up, Leanna. All right, God. Shannon. God, <laughs> shut up. So okay, um, if you're not there already, check out the website thewaywardfans.com. You can email us from there or just directly, waywardfans at gmail.com. Let us know thoughts, concerns, feelings, what you like, what you don't like. Just, you know, let us know how it's going. So how we are can, you? You know, yeah. <laughs> we want to know what's up. With you guys. Yeah. So let us, know let us know that there are people listening. And we'll talk to you. We'll answer your email. Yeah. And it'll be on exciting. the podcast. You'll be famous <laughs> for like the 10 listeners that we have. <laughs> Um, or you can follow us on Twitter, uh, waywardfans underscore SPN. And we also have a Facebook page, which is just waywardfans, which we're pretty easy to find. It's true. It's very true. Um, you can see all the Misha memes. Oh my God. Or the scavenger T- hunt dude, stuff that's coming up. today's meme was really good. It was. Because Sam's an abomination. That was really good. That was just like one of my favorite lines ever. I really love that moment in that episode. Yeah. (laughs) It's just, he's just like the epitome of social awkwardness. But he's like so confident. (laughs) It makes it so funny. It's great. It is. It's really great. It is. I really think we need to hurry up to these seasons. Yeah. God, we're only halfway through season two. We're getting there. We're We're more than halfway now. That's true. We are. Anyway, thanks so much for listening. It was pleasure. A pleasure as always. Have you guys and we will see ears. you next week. Bye. Bye guys. Oh mother. Tell your children not to do
in the house of the rising sun.